Good afternoon and welcome to the 23rd episode of the We All Serve podcast. I am here with my brother and friend, Angel Torres. Um, <laughs> great Shalom. to see you, my friend. Shalom squared. Shalom squared. I like it. I like it. No, it's good. You know, you're, you're, it, I, I love just over the past few days, you and I have been uh, brainstorming ideas and I know that we have We've had some awesome conversations with some very inspirational folks um, along uh, along the journey of this podcast. And a shout out to uh, to Robert Lewis, who uh, I started this podcast with, and who, who you know was a fantastic partner. And he's he's off doing great great things. And I know he's uh, focusing on some of his uh, professional um, growth. And uh, that gave me an opportunity to bring you an angel. And uh, we've had fun, and we've got some great conversations in store with military leaders and ultimately it's all about growth and it's all based on that theme of we all serve ultimately you know you and i might have our differences especially this weekend army navy game we know who is going to win it's going to be the uh the home uh, you know west point is hosting and uh army i mean army all the way go army beat navy right yeah no no but i'm not gonna gonna move on I'm not going to curse it because last time I said go Navy beat Army, I was walking across the street, uh, across the stage when I was graduating from uh, from business school, and I yelled out go Navy beat Army really really loud across the entire auditorium, and then we lost. So I'm not going to I'm not going to jinx it this year. We won last year. We're going to keep the streak going. I think it's like two in a row. We're going to make we're going to have a, tri- uh, a, a trifecta here, and uh, so I'm excited about it. Well, and we have uh, cooler looking uniforms. Our helmets are awesome. <laughs> You, you, you guys are, are, are nerds. That's all I could say. You guys are nerds. Um, but uh, either way, so th- we, we will not be airing live despite uh, my uh, better judgment. I think it kind of would be fun to do a uh, to do a show during the Army-Navy game, but I, I don't think it would be appropriate or respectful of our various branches to have all of the profanities. So we will go without. Um, and today we do have a fantastic conversation in store, some great conversations ahead. Uh, just before I turn it over to you, Angel, um, I uh, did want to say again, um, as I always do in the beginning of every episode, wherever you are viewing this, click subscribe and click rate and review. It makes it easier for people to find this podcast. And uh, again, we're all over on social media and all over uh, really anywhere where you find your podcast. So, uh, you know, the news is boring, so we are better. Um, so that's why you should listen to We All Serve. It's as simple as that. But Angel, today is an important day and you have props, I believe. Today is an important day. Today is Pearl Harbor Day. We've strategically positioned General Profit, our guest today, uh, for Pearl Harbor Day. We want to have it, you know, some significant and momentous. Not that any of our guests aren't equally incredible. Um, I want to just share my personal experience with uh, the Pearl Harbor Day. I was fortunate enough to be in Pearl Harbor during the 50th anniversary uh, in 1991. And uh, during that time, you know, we, we got patches and we took a moment of silence to acknowledge all the people that had uh, uh, died in the um, the attack on Pearl Harbor. You know, obviously we've moved forward. Our relationship with Japan is phenomenal. And um, what I want to highlight is I went and got a patch. Like most, most people get commemorative patches for, you know, their flight jacket or whatever, uh, their personal attire. And I got one that said, you know, Pearl Harbor Day, right? So here it is right here. I still have it. I think 30, almost 30 years ago. Yeah, 30, almost 30 years ago, right? So the funny story about this is I put it on my flight, the back of my flight jacket. And um, fast forward 
to 2011, March of 2011, Japan was um, hit by an earthquake, tsunami, subsequent um, nuclear explosion with winter Fukushima Daiichi nuclear reactor blew up. I was on the USS Ronald Reagan. We were piloting through um, to render humanitarian assistance, disaster relief, and uh, as part of Operation Tomodachi, the defense minister for the uh, Japan came on board our ship while I'm piloting uh, or conning. We call that conning the ship. And uh, he stands behind me and I have this big patch that says, you know, Pearl Harbor Day, we will never forget. So he got looks over and says, you're piloting this ship? I said, yes, sir, I'm piloting the ship. Nice jacket. I was like, oh, well, this just got weird. <laughs> well, so, happy Pearl Harbor Day to everyone. Happy Pearl Harbor Day. Try not to make it weird. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, what a great guest we have to uh, – to, uh, celebrate this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's get right into it. Um, so it is a uh, it is a, a, a privilege to uh, we've been trying to get this scheduled for a little while. And, you know, it's always uh, it's always tough, even in this era of COVID where people don't go anywhere. Um, I guess uh, there's always things going on. But um, either way, uh, our uh, special guest today is retired Brigadier General Gary Prophet, who retired after 31 years of U.S. Army service. Uh, notice I uh, highlighted those words, Angel, over there, the Army. Um, so avoid any of your, uh, you know, any of your anti-army crap that you share. This is the second week. This is the second week in a row you guys have got, had doubled up on me. I'm not liking this. No, uh, no, that. But I like him. But I there, like our guest. There's, there's more. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll keep going with the, with the intro over here. So, uh, Brigadier General, retired prophet, uh, commissioned as a second lieutenant in 1974 uh, through ROTC, and has held. Uh, all of the positions I said uh, in before we went uh, live on the air that I would not go through the entire bio because it is a, a very extensive, but all of the positions commensurate with uh, with uh, reaching the rank of a uh, of, of a one star uh, general and uh, has received many commendations and awards. Uh, and his uniform military career culminated with a capstan assignment as deputy chief. Army Reserve Deputy Commander of the U.S. Army Reserve Command for Management, Resources, and Support. Uh, General Prophet is a Michigan native, um, received a bachelor's in economics from Eastern Michigan University, a master's of business administration from the University of Michigan, master of science in national security and Strate strategic studies from the College of Naval Warfare. There you go. There's something for you, Angel. It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's known as the Naval War College. I, and I it's cold as hell in January. Okay, Newport, Rhode Island. I heard you guys talking about this before. Graduate of the Field Artillery Officer Basic and Advanced Courses, Command and General Staff Officer course. And uh, General Profit is a member of the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan, Military Officers Association of America, the Reserve Officers Association, the Senior Army Reserve Commanders Association, and Association of the United States Army. He and his wonderful wife, uh, have uh, two children, five grandchildren, and we'll talk about many of General Prophet's uh, uh, professional pursuits following a military career and uh, volunteer involvement over the next little while. But there he is on the screen. General Prophet, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very much. And it is a distinct pleasure to join you on Pearl Harbor Day. As you both have discussed, uh, I think it's 
hard for me to believe that it is nearly 80 years ago um, that um, the attack on Pearl Harbor occurred. And I don't know what number it should be, but that just seems like a bigger one than, than I can wrap my head around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, today is an important day to uh, to have this uh, this conversation, and uh, it's a conversation, as always, about service. Um, so your your career certainly exemplifies that. So, as I always say, uh, you know, in the words of a very very wise um, woman, let's start in the very beginning, a very very good place to start. Um, so let's start with uh, with you, uh, General Prophet, and your background. You. Grew up in Michigan, as I mentioned. So I have to ask, what compelled you to uh, walk into a recruiter's office? What compelled you to make the decision to join the United States Army? And tell us a little bit about your family life growing up. Um, I think that is a good place to start. And I think my my formative years were pretty normal, I guess. I was the oldest of four with two brothers and a sister. Uh, my father, a World War II Marine Corps veteran, was a higher education administrator. And my mother was what we would call today a stay-at-home mom. Uh, my brother, Kirk, 15 months my junior, was my best friend. Uh, I think it's fair to say that baseball consumed our summer and backyard football and driveway basketball our fall weekends. And to your point precisely, uh, your question precisely, um, I, although we played Army, if you will, when we were young, I don't think I really seriously considered military service until I enrolled in ROTC as a college freshman. And that's really where the story of my military service begins. And it was just the kind of experience at the right time that made me feel like that kind of national service was the direction that my life should take. Even after, even after the Vietnam era, I mean, cause that's like, I'm looking at 1974 is when you were commissioned second Lieutenant. What were some of the, the uh, feelings and thoughts where is there, uh, animosity toward, or I mean, obviously you're from a military family, so your dad, you know, being uh, uh, in the Marine Corps, was there any hesitation in the in the community? Your friends kind of look at you, going, you know, what are you doing? Oh, of course. Um, I think it was fair to say that um, from 1969, when I entered uh, Eastern Michigan University until I was commissioned, that it wasn't popular. Um, to be involved uh, with the military in any shape, manner, or fashion. Uh, however, I don't think that was the deterrence for me. And and as it should have happened, essentially, Angel, I was commissioned near the end of, of the Vietnam War. And, and although it, it certainly was a part of my ROTC experience and and certainly my early commission service, I don't know that I was as fundamentally affected by it as one might one might think. 
Interesting. And I, I want to uh, go to we to your time, especially as a junior officer. Is there anybody that you can point to uh, that you want to give a shout out to or that you specifically remember as being uh, key in the development of a young uh, Gary Prophet in, the, uh, in, in your military career? Well, frankly, throughout my life, so many have chosen to invest in me. First and foremost, uh, my mother and father instilled in me the values that were the very foundation of my life. And they did that by, frankly, living them. In the military, some were senior to me, some were my peers, and, and some were my subordinates. And all offered something to me. Um, beginning with the professor of military science at, at Eastern Michigan University, who obviously helped through my ROTC experience create my interest in military service and, and foster it. But I'll name one person who I think um, I'll never forget, and I'll never forget the model that he served. Um, uh, that he represented my brigade, a command sergeant major, Jim Prawl, um, was just the model of mission first, soldiers always. And that's something that rang true before that to me, um, certainly was reinforced by him. And it's a lesson that I'll never forget. Inspirational. That's uh, that, that's huge. Uh, and I wonder uh, if you were to speak to somebody uh, that would be considering military service. Uh, we know you would say Army, um, not any of the other branches. But <laughs> what advice would you share? What advice would you share with with somebody? And I guess I'll start with a with the very basic question of Would you do it again? Um. I think the short answer is without a question. Um, the, the, what I would say to, to anyone um, is that as Nike has so well said, just do it. Um, I believe that national service is a responsibility that every American citizen should accept. Military service is the option that I chose, and I'm very proud to have had the privilege to serve this nation. I mean it in exactly that way. I think um, it's a privilege to serve, um, and those who who choose to do so um, not only make a contribution to our nation, but they are also better for it. Um, and and for me, that that sense of service to family, to community, and nation um, will always be a part of me. I just think that, um, and, and I know you were kidding about, um, about the Army, um, at least in some way, um, but I would just encourage uh, all American citizens to find the way that they can make 
a contribution to our nation or the privilege of living here. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, really, it was that really sums up and tells me so much about who you are as a, as a citizen. And I think to myself, the transition from military service into corporate, where you did a lot of work that was um, largely, and correct me if I'm wrong, focused on on um, supporting and advocating for veterans in a, in a meaningful way. And I'd like to, if you could talk, you know, enlighten us and talk to us about what that journey, what that transition was like, um, because the work you did with, I uh, just used Walmart, say obvious, obvious choice, um, and their hiring initiative and, and, and advocating for military veterans on, on behalf of Walmart. I'd like to hear about how that, like, what the transition was like for you. Um, sure, I think my transition was much easier than some of experience. Um, and okay. And my, my uh, portfolio of preparation and experience prepared me, I think, very well for the transition. Um, in addition to the knowledge, skills, and abilities, the nation made a huge investment in my leader growth and development. And candidly, it's that leadership capability that is the most valued in civil society. Um, I caution people, um, however, uh, not to overvalue their military service. Uh, one must still demonstrate what he or she will bring to a new organization. Uh, I had the, the great opportunity to on a very big stage, since Walmart is um, a pretty big company, um, they've got a few stores. Couple, two, um, couple, two, three. You know, uh, twenty-seven countries, and and I, I think last I knew, two point two or two point three million associates. That's what we call employees. Um, to kind of lead the support um, that we gave to veterans and military families, um, attracting them, uh, recruiting them, hiring them, growing and developing them, and retaining them um, for the very talented people that they are. And always used to say that, that frankly, by virtue of them, joining their, our team, they made us better. Um, additionally, I had the opportunity to, uh, so in that first sense, Angel, um, it was all about what I considered and continue to believe is the largest diverse talent rich pool in the world, which is represented by the military community constituencies. And I always used to say, I, I, I can't imagine why any organization wouldn't want to do exactly what we did. Um, I also had great opportunities beyond that to lead a, a team of, of 
military uh, of of personnel and and um, brand professionals that was designed to create um, the sense that the culture that we have at Walmart was something that in which those people transitioning from military service would have interest and would find comfortable. What I find with, with Walmart, when you, to, to your point, when I think of Walmart, I automatically think uh, a very patriotic organization, you know, from the founder, Sam Walton, all the way through the, 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 the kids and, and the corporate brand is a patriotic brand. You know, they, for a long time they had, we only sell, you know, things that are made in America and, and, and they have pictures on the walls of, of service members that are related to people that are associates. And I think that to your point, why, why wouldn't a company choose that diverse market? I think the answer, what I'm finding as an HR professional, what I find in most cultures, corporate cultures and finance and things is risk aversion. They have these preconceived notions of what veterans are and what they aren't, or they don't understand that they can fill a, a skill set that isn't specifically mentioned in the resume. Just because that in the resume, they think that they can't, they can't do it. And hiring managers tend to be very risk averse. What would you say to those hiring managers? I, I used to tell the ones that were questioning of our work that it's really, um, it's really less about knowledge, skills, and abilities than it is about capability. And people who have served in the military yeah. are have a have a range of capabilities that they have mastered over the course of their careers. And um, no organization that is sustainable um, can ever can ever merely look at what they're doing today or what they did yesterday. It's got to be someone that's that's agile and able to adapt. And, and I think that's that's the essence of military service. And um, what we worked really hard to demonstrate is is the notion that Walmart values um, used very many of the same words that I used um, when I thought of Army values: uh, respect for the individual, um, service to the customer, striving for excellence, um, act with integrity. Those are words that that. I used throughout my military career to to reference the culture at Walmart, and so that that to your point, uh, Angel is is what I think Walmart is, and what all good organizations are. They have cultures that have a strong values based foundation. And do you do you have advice, um, sort of sticking on that theme, to both? Uh, service members that are, uh, that I'm personally, as you know, I'm a reservist and, um, we have a bit of a, call it a leg up, but also a disadvantage, um, in the sense of the, uh, the, the dual life that you have to live. But do you have advice to those that are currently, uh, in uniform, um, to 
prepare them for that transition um, regarding how to translate. You talked about those 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 skill sets um, already. It sounds like you had a relatively easy transition, easier than most. You said, what can you take from your experience and perhaps pay it forward to others? Well, I think the first thing that people should do is I think they should start early. I, early on in my tenure yeah. at Walmart, used to say, um, when you enlist in the military, you ought to begin thinking about your transition. Because whether it's after one enlistment or, um, or an entire career, we're all going to transition to something else. Yeah. Um, most of us are not going to be independently wealthy enough anyway uh, to, to merely um, um, do as I now hope to do, and that is to work on my golf handicap. Um, the, the bottom line is we're all going to go on and do something. Um, the second thing is I, I, I always counseled people to network early and often um, because most jobs most opportunities come not um, through job postings. They come through your network, which is exactly what happened to me. I would not have known about the opportunity at Walmart. Walmart were not for um, my relationship with the flag and general officer network. Um, now you still have to compete for those opportunities. But the first step is to even be aware of them. Um, so networking is the second thing. Um, and then I just, I think, um, put together um, the most robust portfolio that you can. And I think all of us that serve um, have a, or many of us are humble to a fault. This is a case where you have to market yourself. And yeah. while not being disingenuous, I think you have to seriously uh, be a uh, be your best promoter. Be your own cheerleader. That's exactly right. And, and just <laughs> on the flip side of that coin, very uh, I, I have to squeeze in. Uh, we talked about those service members in your advice. Not every company is a Walmart. Fortunately or unfortunately, that's the reality. So to the small business owners that might be tuning in and are inspired by what you said uh, about service and want to bring somebody on onto their team, what advice do you have for, for the employers that are out there that might be looking to bring on service members? What can they do to create the right environment, even with a relatively small number of resources? Well, and we did a lot of work um, in our supply chain, um, in in the small business community at large, um, with military family-owned businesses and veteran-owned businesses. And, and frankly, I never separated um, employment from entrepreneurship because what we know is that small businesses are the engine of our economy. And in the case of veteran-owned businesses and military family-owned businesses, we know that 
they disproportionately hire veterans and military family members. So I think that we took very very, very critical our responsibility to encourage not only big companies, but small companies to follow us. Um, and we found many people that did so. Um, and I think, I think to their, to their benefit, frankly. It sounds like they were very, you encouraged them to be very deliberate in, uh, in how if almost like if they wanted to do business with Walmart, um, we'd like to see that you guys are following our, our ethos and our, our core values and doing things the way we do them and being that role model, that guiding, guiding a life for them. Well, I think we, we, um, we we want to encourage um, um, solid uh, corporate social responsibility, and an element of that is certainly to recognize the fact that veterans have served and sacrificed, and they deserve an equal footing. Um, and when it comes to uh, employment after their service. I have I have two left. I only have two questions. The first one is <laughs> a lot of flag. What I find is a lot of senior officers and flag officers tend to um, ride the ride the defense um, uh, what the defense train, and they go and they you know they, they put away their stars one day, and the next day they come in as an SES or a GS fifteen or something of that fact. What? What were some of the driving factors that said, no, I'm going to try my, my hand at corporate America and I'm going to go this way? Well, I actually did the easy thing first also. Um, I, okay. spent, I spent a couple of years at, at General Dynamics Information Technology. Um, I, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but um, just long enough um, to know that I didn't see my future in um, – the defense industry or in government service. Um, nothing against those who do. Um, those were, GDIT is a great company with great people and a very important mission. I just didn't see my future there. And the opportunity with Walmart came along at, at the right time. And I was fortunate enough to be successful in, in, in getting it. And so I guess the, um, I guess that's that's the past, and and the future is what it became. Well, you made a significant impact. I'll tell you that much. I mean, uh, there's a big difference between what being a cog in a wheel in a big entity like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, defense contract, and being someone that actually affects cultural change and 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 drives social impact the way you did at uh, at Walmart. And I just want to thank you for that. Um, the last thing I want to ask, Shulam, you want to go first or you want, can I finish this up? Go for it, please. Okay. Our lives are pepper. Our careers and lives are peppered with where were you moments? Pearl Harbor, in, in, you know, because we're doing Pearl Harbor Day. Pearl, where were you in Pearl Harbor? Where were you in 9-11? What are some significant where were you moments, pivotal points in your life that you look back and go, wow, that was, that was kind of the moment when I, this happened. What were some of those for you? I guess the biggest one that comes to mind is I was in the Pentagon on 9-11. Um, so 
I never have to wonder where I was on those anniversaries. Um, and um, actually was just about to go into a meeting um, on the E-ring, for those of you that have been in the Pentagon, uh, about a quarter away from where the plane struck. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the next several hours were, um, were ones I'll never forget. And the days and weeks after that, uh, the memorial services that we attended for those that were impacted in the very worst way will are things that I just won't ever forget. So that's probably the the seminal one, if you will. Um, well, that's a, that's a big one. We call that a big one. <laughs> I was in New York Harbor. I was on the George Washington back then. Well, you know, you uh, you were close by the, the the greatest loss of life, I guess I'll say. And um, it's it's it, I I enjoyed um, going to um, the site of the World Trade Centers and seeing the memorial um, when I was in the city a while ago and um, very, very impressive and um, um, very touching. And, and I also- It really is. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's inspiring, I guess I would say to me and, and um, have had the opportunity, obviously, to go to the Pentagon Memorial and and to see that, um, and I think a fitting tribute to the, those who who gave their lives. Um, and uh, but uh, I, you know, and then I was uh, my last assignment was during the first three years of Operation Iraqi Freedom, um, and uh, I remember each morning being in the Army Operations Center, um, watching the Blue Force tracker of the, of the, on the march to Baghdad. And, you know, those are, those are things that I guess are kind of steeled in my mind, Angel. Those are great ones. <laughs> and, and my final questions really is, uh, as, as you reflect on your, uh, on your 31 years, um, and again, we're, we're grateful for it, um, as well as what you have done, uh, subsequently. So you, uh, you already alluded to, uh, your, uh, your intention to spend more time on the golf course, but, um, your, your family deserves more, more time with you for sure. Do you have any, uh, any, uh, comments on, on, more as an inspiration uh, to to others about how your family has supported you during your time, and and again, what your plans is as what's next um, for Gary Prophet? Well, I uh, I'm I'm glad you asked because frankly, uh, my family, like all military families, um, served alongside me, and my wife. Um, um, an early elementary teacher essentially sacrificed uh, her career for which she was trained and educated and had to reinvent herself at every turn. Uh, our children lived in different places and went to different schools and they had to make new friends all the time. 
but all in all, I choose to believe that we're all better for the experience. But that's not to say it was always easy. So you're right. Um, I um, want to double down on um, my interest in spending time with my family um, and, and, and investing in our grandchildren and supporting our children. Uh, you know, so that's kind of job one. Um, I um, will continue to serve on the Arkansas Veterans Commission uh, on the board of the Flag and General Officer Network and as a member of Mission Readiness Military Leaders for Kids. Um, we're looking at, at some additional things um, to continue that service to family, community, and, and nation. Um, I, we're also in the process of launching um, Profit Leadership Consulting um, and hope to be able to continue to, as I hope we are today here, to offer my experience um, to those who find it valuable in what it is they're trying to do. And certainly before we get away from each other, I want to I wanna express, express my gratitude to each of you for your service. Um, even, even though um, um, from different services, I learned a long time ago, we're all a part of the joint team. And, and frankly, one on the ground in a theater, um, I think that we get along pretty well. Um, not uh, considering the battles that I got pretty good at fighting in the Pentagon. Yeah, and all, all kidding aside, um, that really is the message of we all serve. It's it's both uh, anybody that puts on the uniform. Um, the, you know, obviously, uh, thanks go to them. But but really, especially as I always say, um, in this era of COVID, um, we all know somebody that's been that's been hurting. Um, physical health, mental health, employment, and we all have a responsibility to step up and make a difference, volunteer. Uh, it doesn't matter what uniform you put on, uh, the key is get involved and uh, and help and support and get involved in community. And certainly uh, you have general profit in continuing to, to serve um, beyond your time in uniform, continuing to uh, to be involved. So thank you for that. So last word uh, as always goes to, uh, goes to Angel. General Prophet, thank you so much. I, I I took personally took so many lessons away from our conversation today, especially uh, you know don't over overestimate your own military background. I cracked me up. I was like, that happens all the time, and um, and I really really will have you've given me so much to think about and to consider moving forward and and having no knowing that you were serving during that time same time I I served it really really. Just, uh, I feel that connection and so grateful for your time today. Well, it was my pleasure to join you both uh, and actually uh, meet you a little bit more intimately, if you will, despite the fact that it's, it's Zoom 
not a firm handshake necessarily. Um, but maybe we'll do that as these strange times um, are moved to the rearview mirror. I will definitely be connecting with you after this, sir. Thanks for taking time with me this, this afternoon, guys. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. And uh, just in closing, um, again, we all serve. Step up, get involved, and get in touch with us to inspire us. Um, share your stories with us. Uh, you can always get in touch through our social media channels. But again, click subscribe, rate, and review. It makes it easier for people to find the conversations and conversations. We have some great ones lined up indeed. So click subscribe and you will get notified every time a new episode uh, hits the airwaves. Um, but again, uh, big shout out to our special guest, um, Brigadier General Retired Gary Prophet, and of course to my co-host, Angel Torres. That will be a wrap for us. Have a good evening all.